Welcome to Peace Teachings Podcast, where we explore, cultivate, and celebrate our spiritual nature together. I'm Jennifer Norton. And I'm Paola Castro, and it is our joy to bring to you these wisdom teachings. Have you ever felt a profound craving for the peace that surpasses all understanding? Have you ever simply longed for more wisdom, more love, more comfort around your life in this existence? Today's guest is going to delight your heart. A true life student, Kevin Pratt has various degrees and certifications to complement his lifelong sacred studies practice. He has studied literature, psychology, anatomy, physiology, massage, cooking, and he's also served a wide variety of communities in a wide variety of leadership roles from history teacher to chef to retreat leader and healer. He is a children's book author, an authentic healer, a dear friend. He is what I would call an expert practitioner as he has amongst other contributions recorded over 200 hours of teachings of his YouTube channel called Kevin Reads A Course in Miracles, where he reads and speaks about excerpts from the book A Course in Miracles. This is a massive catalog of peace teachings available to us online right now. Yeah, yeah, it's massive. Thank you. <laughs> Now, I met Kevin. Kevin, you and I have known each other for three decades. I, right, right. And, and, and lifetimes. Um, I've benefited from Kevin's spiritual insight and wisdom for our entire friendship. Um, Kevin, you're like family to me, and you're someone that I recognized immediately as a loved one and as a trusted confidant. And uh, listeners, you're about to experience why I have always felt that Kevin's very being is a temple and his very life is his teaching. And um, I am, and Paula and I are so very thrilled to have you with us today, Kevin, welcome. Well, thank you very much. I'm <laughs> overwhelmed by that intro. <laughs> Truly one of the great gifts of my life is our relationship. Um, and yeah. so I think a beautiful way to segue into this conversation today is to talk about the, the power of relationship and um, we, we recognize that relationship is an important theme in life and in spiritual practice. Would you please speak into this massive and really essential element in, in the human and, ex and spiritual experience, that thing we call relationship? Okay. Well, um, according to the things that I have learned, I'll start with the the metaphysical first, um, and our relationship with oneness, or call it what you want, God, creator, whatever name is comfortable has less baggage for you. Uh, it's the, it's, it's, we were extended by that, and that's our relationship with our creator. We truly exist in that milieu, although we believe otherwise at this point. And um, that's our initial relationship. 
And according to what Dr. Wapnick would call the mythology of the course, we had this tiny mad idea that I could be individual. I could break from the oneness. I, there, there has to be something else beside the oneness. And in that moment, the mind split and I had to make a choice. So my original relationship, all of a sudden I choose individuality. And now automatically my mind, which is so powerful, it starts the process of projection. And as we say, projection makes per perception. So now I perceive an angry God, a God that instead of it's not me that's angry at God for not recognizing my individuality, but it's God that's angry at me for breaking up the oneness. And I feel the guilt, and guilt demands punishment. So all of this is happening in the mind, in the mythology of the course. So I have to flee the mind so I can feel safer. And that's the course's idea of the Big Bang. Here we are in the universe. Hi. And I always like to refer to the, the story of Adam and Eve when they, they, they bite the apple and all of a sudden, now they hear God coming and he's, he's angry, right? And he's stomping through and they have to, they run and they hide among the trees as the, as the story goes. And this is what we're doing. We're hiding among the trees. And we have projected out, the mind is, thinks it's now little bits, billions of bits and bits. So I have places to project my guilt. And that becomes our relationships here in this experience and form, this earthly experience. Now I no longer am projecting my guilt onto God saying he's the one, he's going to get me. I have, in order to get rid of my guilt, my ego says, just project it onto this person. And it doesn't matter if you have a lifelong relationship, which is very helpful, or you're having a relationship with the, the bus driver uh, or the checkout person at the store or somebody that passes you in the street or on an elevator or something. These are all relationships to one degree or another. And for me, the process is to notice what am I doing? Am I judging and projecting? Or am I saying, wait, I don't want to live that way anymore. I want to experience that peace. All right. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how to get there. All I know, well, I don't know how to get there, but I don't know what it looks like. The way to get there is to come inside and ask your inner teacher, show me what peace looks like. I'm willing to go past the form. It takes that little willingness. I want to go past the form and see the innocence that is the true nature. And in that practice, I become not only aware of your innocence, but my own, because the giving and receiving is simultaneous. And so that's how we work out relationships down here. 
And, you know, I could read a million books and I could read the course 30, 40 times, but it's all theoretical until I'm in practice. I'm in a relationship of some sort, you know. And the course goes into a lot of different things about relationships. You know, what, what uh, Jesus would call the special relationship. Every, most relationships start out special. In other words, I think that you have something that would be good for me. I have, you have a, a quality or you have actually something in form like money or you're the life of the party and I'm just a wallflower and I want to get that a gazillion things, you know, but you have something that I don't because my guilt that I come here with tells me I'm lacking something. I am lacking something. You have it. I'm going to get it. So we can we can seduce, so we can mug, you know, I can mug you, or I can seduce you, or all different ways, you know. And the, the course of the day, you see so many different relationships, if you're aware of it. You know, like to take the business world, I'm, I'm in a business, uh, you know, I want to impress the boss because I want the next promotion. So all of a sudden, it becomes a big competition with the others, you know. And it's uh, and it's the ego is I got to get mine, and that's it. You have it, I want it, and that's the condition in which we <laughs> in which we live, you know. But uh, with the help of uh, of spiritual teaching, um, we know that we don't want to live that way anymore. That's like uh, um, your your distinguished guest, the, the Reverend Cynthia. She was referring to. Um, she said, uh, "Well, you you even asked that question about the pain being a motivator, right? Sooner or later, in these relationships, these relationships become painful if you're awake, you know, or starting to wake anyway." And, and you got to say that I, I, I don't want to live like this anymore, you know. And that's how the, the Course of Miracles began, actually, the relationship between two uh, professors of medical psychology in Columbia University. Uh, Bill Thetford was the man's name. He, he, he couldn't stand it anymore. The relationship he had with Helen Shuckman, the, the scribe of the Course, as we call her, was so contentious, and the, the whole department of psychology was so contentious that he said, there has to be a better way. There has to be a better way to communicate. And, and Helen Shuckman says she, you know, she would always argue with Bill, and she says she didn't even realize why she did that, but she said, yes, I agree, and I will help you find it. And that started the whole three months of, of strange dreams for Helen and starting to hear what she called an inner voice. And the next thing you know, the inner voice says, uh, this is a course in miracles. Please take notes. And for seven years, she took notes. Mm. Beautiful. I, I have a question, Kevin. Um, so you at the beginning said that, that you know, 
we have our main relationship with source, with oneness, and then there is a split in our minds. Now, this splits, are you um, saying that it happened at the beginning of creation, you know, when, when the one mind said, I am all that there is, therefore, what can I become? And then it, it, you know, decided to go into the second and third dimension, which is recognizing itself through each individual. Or are you saying this is happening when we come into this world and this society and as children, we get um, programmed to believe we're separate. When does that split happen? And what, and you know, what are your feelings around what's the purpose of it? You know, what, what, how come we're doing this game? <laughs> See, these are all what, what Dr. Wapnick would call the question. Right. All, he says that it always comes up in some form. And he says, you're not going to like the answer. He said, and Jesus even says, you're not going to like the answer. He says, why dwell on that when it's happening right now? Because in the, it, 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 Jesus would say, actually, it never happened. This is all a dream. The thought came and went. And as they say, not one note in heaven's song was missed. And we just happened to be living in the, uh, the repercussions of that thought, like, a, like the tail of a comet. You, you see the flakes at the end of the comet. You know, it's hard to describe it. Um, the ego would like to say that it happened, mm. you know. And uh, Jesus is trying to tell, tell us that it never happened and that we're dreaming it. You know, and as a matter of fact, it's over already. You know, these are concepts in the, in the course that are, they are, they make you dizzy if you dwell on them, you know. Um, but it's what, what the course would refer to as the atonement principle. And it means that nothing happened. Uh, we think we're guilty of breaking up the oneness, but they're only, the only thing is, is that you're innocent. You never broke up the oneness, you know? So that, that's why it's referred to, like this whole experience in form is referred to as a dream, an illusion, you know? Uh, Dr. Wapnick said, she just doesn't want to insult you, but you're all uh, hallucinating, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so um, I, I know that it doesn't answer your questions, but, it it does it does I went there right with you it's 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 deep yeah. it's it's um it sounds like a paradox like a contradiction but it's because the mind the ego in my mind can't understand it so there therefore we must exactly. understand it from a different space. That, that's why we have to start where we are, I believe, you know. And as we work toward the awareness, that peace that passes all understanding. We we grow in awareness. We grow in awareness of that peace. And then we realize at the end that it was a silly dream. It's like waking up from a dream.
just let me uh, quote so this little Zen quote from the, it's like a Zen cone at the beginning of the course in the, uh, in the preface and what it says. It says, nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. And herein lies the peace of God. <laughs> yes. I didn't expect to be uh, over enthused, as we say. <laughs> I love it. I really love it. And it's what, what, it's what the the awareness, approaching the awareness. That's what happens to me, anyway. <laughs> it's incredibly moving. And that Zen, quasi Zen Cohen, that riddle, and that beautiful truth is so soothing. Um, it's Absolutely. not intellectually comprehensible, and yet it is, it is so very true and soothing. Exactly. Allow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin, you said something so beautiful before, I would love to reiterate it. You were referring to the, you know, I don't know what piece is, but I know how to get there. And you said, you turn within and you ask the inner teacher. And seeing as th this podcast is called Peace Teachings, <laughs> and, um, and we're very much about honoring our teachers uh, in every sense of that word, <laughs> uh, even our experiences as teachers and, and our projections as teachers, as well as individual teachers. I'd like to know, Kevin, you, you have such a vast inner resource. resource. I've, I've known this about you and I've experienced it countless times. And I see that you surrender and you, you allow spirit to, to, to speak through you in such a unique and beautiful, beautiful way. Um, would you kindly share with us um, a few of your a few of the teachers that have accompanied you along the way. Sure. Well, just let me mention uh, uh, David Bohm, a quantum physicist, who I recently uh, listened to. And he had something that caught my attention, that thoughts are like stepping stones. And, um, and I, I remember uh, on one of the... Uh, the early podcast, Paolo mentioned like a what what my teacher would call a golden thread that pulls us through our experience, right? But some of my teachers were, and they're stepping stones, you know. Mm -hmm. um, like um, I think that in the beginning, well, let me say one of the first things he wasn't a spiritual teacher. It was the it was Jose Silva, who had developed a um, a way of uh, meditating, right? It was called the Silva Mind Control Method. And, you know, we talk about the pain and all that. There was, this was only a few years after my father had died. Um, and I was 23 years old when he died. And I had four brothers and four sisters, and I was the oldest one. And I felt a horrible pressure. And I didn't handle it well. But anyway, I, I know I was on some deep level asking for help in the 70s. 
And this book literally fell off the shelf in a bookstore, and it was the silver mind control method. Uh, long story short, I have a tendency to go on and on. Um, that brought me into the power of the mind, the power of thought, right? How I could, because I actually felt all my muscles relax within a few days of practicing a simple practice of counting backwards and visualizing numbers. And I was hooked. And my father had always hooked me into the mind anyway. He, he was amazed by the power of the mind, you know. And he was teaching computer programming in the 60s. So, but anyway, then we get to, um, so I didn't uh, destroy myself in the 70s, and I felt a way out. And uh, then there was uh, Ram Das. Um, I love Ram Das when he his book Be Here Now. I think I have a it's over here, and uh, that was a big help to to me. The '60s was, as they say in the '60s, mind blowing, and I was a teenager in the '60s, so my mind was exploding like a Fourth of July party on the East River, and. Uh, and Ram Das was a big help because the conclusions he came to, like um, he was big into LSD and, and psychogenics and whatnot, until he came to the realization through his guru in India that you don't need that. He, he would say the drugs only simulate the religious experience, the spiritual experience. He says, but yet they, they, you have to pay a price physically. You know, he says that those heights can be attained without that. So I didn't need to try that. <laughs> try just about everything else. But mm -hmm. uh, I said, and I couldn't trust. I couldn't trust too much latent guilt from being a uh, sixteen years of Catholic education. You know, so I didn't want to. Didn't want to try any tripping. So, <laughs> and 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 a person like Alan Watts, I would, I. I my mind would soar when listening to his lectures and just his laugh, the way he would laugh. I knew he was connected to something. Like he knew this was, there was something else. Let's just put it that way. And he was such a rogue. It almost gave me permission to be a rogue, you know, but, um, but he, was, he was so brilliant. His lectures were just incredible. Um, so we have Alan Watts, and today, and and today, like Pema Chodron, I love her, you know. Um, and I'm, I'm currently I, I hook into every now and then on YouTube a teacher called Muji, M O O J I. Mm -hmm. I I think he's wonderful, mm -hmm. just like this big lovable bear, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, the things he says, I mean, we all know that, the, that like this. The saying goes, the truth is one. The sages know it by many names, yeah. you know? Right. And, and the Course of Miracles says, look, a universal theology is impossible. But a universal experience mm -hmm. is not only possible, it's necessary. Mm -hmm. oh, and all of, the, all of these teachers, they speak a different language. They use different words. Uh, like the... the, the the Buddhist saying goes, you're all walking up the mountain on different paths. 
But when you get to the top of the mountain, the view is the same. And so we have Pima children and Muji, and uh, and I even like Eckhart Tolle because he like trims the fat. You know, he trims the fat. He gets he's, he's more um, ecumenical, or you know, he's not that. He doesn't couch anything in religion or spiritual terms. Although he gets to spirituality, he has to. You know, he knows that. <laughs> But his uh, his audience is very secular, you know, and I like him. Uh, and he's another one I could I was captured by his laugh. He has this silly little snort <laughs> <laughs> when he th he's he's connected with the uh, the ridiculousness of it all. <laughs> right. So yeah, I guess that's about it. Mm. As far as teachers go, anyway. Yeah, and and I, I I love everything that that you were saying. I love everything you're saying, especially when we began this conversation. We were talking about relationship and how a course in miracles. Even before we went live, you were saying a course in miracles is 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 based on this premise you know relationship it's uh, or as Ram that says this is our way we're all walking each other back home exactly right and uh, there was something that I wanted to ask and I think it would be really great for our listeners because we you you spoke about seeing the innocence in the other and understanding you know that we have this relationship with oneness and with everything with all creation I know A Course in Miracles speaks a lot about forgiveness. Yes. Can you uh, speak a little bit about that? Because I can hear people saying, but you know, it's so hard. Like my mother was so cruel to me or or my boss is not great or, or my children are so difficult. Some people will have that, you know, egoic argument and facts and look, don't tell me that I have I to forgive. So what would yeah. you say around that? Uh, any practical um, advice or suggestion for people that want to find that peace by seeing the innocence in the other. Yes, it is that difficult because it, it's, it all sounds very nice in theory, but the application is extremely difficult. I mean, I have, I have friends that have had horrific, I mean, one friend of mine is in her 70s and her horror started when she was three. And, you know, there's, there's pieces that are hard to forgive, so to speak. But the process of forgiveness in The Course of Miracles is um, realizing that I am making you the guilty party. You are the perpetrator, right? And there's a, a place, a special place in hell for you, you know? And... Even Helen Shuckman's sister-in-law said, well, there must be a special place in hell for the people I don't like. <laughs> but but that is the problem, and, it, that, and it's a major obstacle to peace. We have to get to the point where we realize that holding these people outside of the circle of innocence, so to speak, is keeping us out there. Mm. I am I am you. You know, 
if I keep you outside, I'm outside. Mm. And uh, it may take time, as we say, but we use time to escape from time. And it may take time, but sooner or later we'll get to the point where I can say, okay, maybe I can see this differently. You know, and that's my willingness, that little willingness to say, okay, let me see this differently. Let my perception be corrected. Mm-hmm. My perception is that you are guilty. I, and I can prove it. You know, I have the scars. I have the, the, the therapy receipts. You know, I can prove it. You know, but that, that just keeps me here in form. You know, and as she would say, you know, uncertain, lonely, and in constant fear. You know, so it would behoove me to just say, well, maybe I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, and I can see this differently. You know, and and believe me, I am not minimizing anybody's pain. I know that human beings can be horrible to one another. Mm-hmm. It's. It, they can be nightmarish to people, right? I am not minimizing anybody's experience, but after it, it becomes a, a selfish thing to say, wait, I want my peace. I want my peace. Mm-hmm. How can I get that? Please help me. And I believe with that invocation, so to speak, you will turn on your inner teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, and as uh, the Reverend Cynthia mentioned, uh, I liked the when she said something like, "All things are healed in the presence of your higher self," mm-hmm. and that's the healing. I can bring all these instances, all these proofs that you are the perpetrator. Bring it into the presence of my higher self and ask, help me to see this correctly. I want to be peaceful. Right? And that's the, the initial steps on correcting that. And we don't know what it looks like. Like I say, this person could have been so horrible to me. You know, I still, I, when I got nothing else to think about, my ego will bring up a memory from when I'm 12 years old. <laughs> and I'll be so pissed off. You know, I was riding my bike through the park with a basket full of newspapers to deliver, and the neighborhood bill bullies stopped me, ridiculed me, and slapped me in the face. And if, if I got nothing else to think about, I could pull that one up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's nothing compared to what people go through. I, I understand that. I'm just saying that's how the ego works. It wants to keep the process of guilt going mm. and um and once again i feel like i haven't answered your question but you did uh, you did, you did. Yeah, all right you did yeah kevin i just want to speak into just briefly um the word selfish was so perfectly used and clearly used by you a few moments yeah. ago i just want to reiterate that uh, we were talking about forgiveness and uh, mm-hmm. and you said inevitably it becomes a selfish act. I want to, I don't want to carry this around. I want to feel better. I want to know peace. And that yeah. that word selfish. I always take ish if I say ish, 
it's kind of like like yeah. you know is it cold it's coldish yeah. yeah so if something is selfish to me that means self-like like the self uh, yeah. And so I, I, I want to reinforce the beautiful, truthful use of self-ish that you put into execution so finely, yeah. because I, I know that my ego is always looking for something to latch onto and then twist around. You see, forgiveness is selfish. That's what that, <laughs> you know, yeah. so, so I'm speaking into that for, also for our listeners and for, and for my own mind that self-ish Self-like, uh, yeah. to me, is a bridge to God-like, God-self. Uh, again, the yeah. inner teacher, and these are all affirmative, loving ways of of using the word self. Yeah, and yet, when uh, now also on some level, the, the the Course of Miracles, the text is is exquisite poetry, and it gets better as it goes on. Um, so. You'll just describe the process of forgiveness as a gift that we are offering. So besides being self-centered, right, we are offering this self-centeredness to others, um, becoming, and I mean by, by that, I mean becoming aware of your own innocence. You now have this, you now have the space to become aware of your own innocence. You know, it's not just me or you type of thing. There is no, there is no duality. All right. Um, I just thought talking in circles. I feel, but uh, mm -hmm. Jesus refers to it as the gift, and the and he'll refer to it as a charity. The charity is that I'm willing to look past the form to your true nature. Mm -hmm. That's the gift. I'm looking at your true nature, and in your true nature, I'm seeing mine, and I'm realizing that there are no others. Mm -hmm. There is no duality. There's only the oneness. And it's a process. <laughs> I was gonna. I was just gonna say that, and it's a gift that that is continually reopening. Right. <laughs> Like we with the, the separation question from Paolo, Jesus says every moment of every day, like he'd say, why do you want to worry about that when it's still going on now? He says every, every day, every moment that's in every hour, you are but reliving the moment when fear took the place of love. Mm. So he says, and that's where Tolle would come in with coming into this present moment. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Jesus has a wonderful section called the present memory, where we come into the, the memory of who we are. And it's, it's all over then. <laughs> Beautiful. And that, you know, uh, ultimately what is what the Course of Miracles teaches. It's it's love. It, the, the the shift from fear back to love is where the right. is what a miracle is. And so when I hear you say, saying um, when you're in the circle of innocence with the other, you're we're not separating or putting ourselves outside that circle of innocence. That moment when you ask, please help me see it differently, and you go back to that perception of innocence. We're all innocence. We're all children of God. 
That's a miracle. That's where the healing yes. happens because that's the miracle. Yes. So right. The perception has been corrected. That's the miracle. Yeah. The original, certainly... go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. the original mistake was the mistaken perception that I'm separated from God. But in form, well, we make it a big deal. Like, that's a sin. Oh, my God. And we categorize sins. They have different grades. You know? yeah, yeah. So the sin, the sin is the belief in separation. And it's a mistake. He mm -hmm. says, let's correct these mistakes. You know? So we correct the perceptions. Right. Alrighty then. Right, we've got Joel Goldsmith talking to us about, you know, he'll take it from the carnal mind and bring it into just error. Yeah. Error yeah. in perception, uh, innocent. And we've even got the biologists around the world now talking about the difference between genetic and, and uh, neurological or cellular intelligence and how the two appeared for the last two million years to be in conflict with one another. Right. And so there's a very real seemingly dual or dialogue, if you will, that yeah. is, um, you know, a natural part of our um, human experience or human process. Yeah. A dream. <laughs> yeah. Here, and here and then, you, then, you, then you work your way up in science to David Bohm, who sees interconnectedness in everything. And in his uh, conversation with uh, Krishnamurti, at one point, Krish Krishnamurti almost jumped off the chair and he goes, you see it, you see it, <laughs> you see it. And he got there through science, you know, so the scientists are catching up. Yes, <laughs> right, right. We say that often. Yeah. And the ripples are, are felt through the field, through the quantum field. Uh, I can feel them in this conversation. And just hearing you speak and all three of us participating in a conversation around self, around relationship, and around forgiveness, um, mm -hmm. I can feel the ripples of your consciousness and of this intelligence and this love. Um, and so I trust that also our listeners are, are being treated to a ripple coming through whenever they're listening to this. Kevin, you've shared such beautiful insights around the Course in Miracle, A Course in Miracles. Um, do you have any preferred or go-to um, spiritual qualities or or principles or even a mantra or a prayer? Do you have a, a go-to something? Well, um, not to minimize of, your practice. <laughs> no, no, no. At the risk of sounding flippant um i i have brought it all down to the word help when i when i feel myself going off mm. you know sometimes you could feel like oh, i'm looking i'm looking around now something i'm looking for a target you know and you could feel that energy mm. that's when I, I say i just say help and my my internal teacher my higher self, whatever you want to call it, Holy Spirit, Jesus, they know the prayer of the heart. So when I boil it down to help me, that's they know I'm asking, help me to correct my perceptions, help me to get back on the path to peace. All right? Mm, that's so beautiful. That's yeah. so beautiful. Mm. 
Thank you so much. And there's one one other thing, one line from the course that I, I always loved. See, I, even as a, as a young boy, in the very, very Irish Catholic upbringing, you know, Brooklyn and Queens, please. And uh, I always felt the connection with Jesus like he was my friend. I wanted to be like him. I wanted to be with him, you know. And and in the course, now I hope I don't get overwhelmed with emotion here. Jesus says, he has a line, he says, if you want to be like me, I will help you, knowing that we are the same. Mm -hmm. But if not, I'll wait for you to change your mind. Mm -hmm. Pure love. Yeah. yeah. If you want to be like me, I will help you, knowing that you and I are the same. Yes. And if not, it will wait for us to be ready. Yes. Yeah. Now, a quote that I know from A Course in Miracles is, teach only love, for that is what you are. Yes. Yes. And Kevin, you truly do. You always have. And you absolutely are. And I'm so very grateful for your presence on earth in my life. I'm so very grateful for your reflection, Kevin. Well, thank I you. love you and I honor you. And I feel, uh, yeah, I feel the same. I feel the same. Namaste, as they say in other places, right? Namaste, <laughs> namaste. And this has truly been a delight. Uh, thank you so much for your consciousness. Thank you so much for uh, your diligence in showing up for this work because I can feel that you have seen, that you have experienced, and it goes beyond the words. It, um, I can feel it in, in, in your consciousness, and I know oh. our listeners have felt that too. I invite everyone to go to his YouTube channel, Kevin Reads A Course in Miracles. We'll put the link. Uh, yes. below this video um and yeah i'm excited to to watch some episodes and and a course in miracles has changed my life and i haven't studied that much so i want to i want to be a more proactive student of the course yes you know i'd like to send you a copy of my little book yes uh, please uh, do and yeah. and kevin yeah. can we share a link also under this podcast episode of how people can go about finding your book? I think I, I, I just recently bought a copy on Amazon, so I know they're still selling it. Fantastic. So, we'll find the link yeah. and include and, that. Right. And it's it's just called Booty, B-O-O-D-E-E, -E, Booty the Cat. Dream Kevin, Walker. will you show it to us on the screen? Do you have it there? Yeah. Booty the Cat, Dream Walker by Kevin yeah. Pratt. Right, and my brother did the illustrations. My brother, my brother Michael, did the illustrations. I've <laughs> got a copy of that book right here. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, you know, because of this meeting, I, you know, reread it, and I still like it. <laughs> that's good. That's really and good. I, yeah, that's important. And I tell you, it came, it came through. Mm. That was the process of writing it. It came through. It just, it was an idea, a loud idea, as I call them. It was a loud idea in my head. And I said, okay, 
and I started writing it. And over the course of a week or two, I was going to work on the subways, everything. I was just writing it, taking notes. And when I got home, I would type it out. (laughs) And I really like it. I really like it too. And it's for all ages, by the way. Yes. My children's book for adults. (laughs) Exactly. Well done. (laughs) Exactly right. And it's all about when, when you have the consciousness of unconditional love in your mind, when you are in that presence, your perception changes. And it happens with this young 11-year-old girl mm. who was based on my niece at the time. And now she's working. She's about to have her second child. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, I can't wait to, to read it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't self-promote usually. I so, but I was, I wanted you to have that. I wanted you to experience it. So, thank you. Oh, I'll, thank I'll find, you. I'll find a way to get it to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, it's truly an honor to be with you. Thank you for. Doing yes, that. I feel the same. Alrighty. Alrighty. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. I We trust you have enjoyed this as much as we have. And we will see you in the next episode. Goodbye now. This has been a peace teaching. Thank you for being an active listener in this sacred conversation. We love you. We appreciate you. And we bless your life. Peace be with you.